G'day, my name is Chris Anderson. Welcome to the Ando & Co podcast. I'm really excited to be sitting down uh, with Mark Wist, who I had a chance to speak to a couple of years ago on the podcast. But today, so Mark runs Property Resolutions. He's got over 30 years in real estate uh, with a range of different roles, working in both investment and funds and, and all sorts of things. Uh, so, Mark, before I fumble that any further, can you give me a quick intro into exactly what it is you do? Sure, Chris. Um, excited to be here, and thank you very much for the invite. Uh, so, um, my background is um, principally in valuation advisory research uh, and funds management. Uh, and so, five years ago, I... Uh, um, got sick of commuting between Brisbane and Sydney and started my own advisory business, um, which focuses um, largely on uh, funds management um, and uh, financial services lighting, um, but also uh, development management, um, uh, value management, or is such as believe it or not, uh, and uh, these abilities, and also. Um, uh, like folio analytics um, I, I run a service uh, with a partner and uh, uh, we do some uh, um, heavy lifting for the likes of Sun Super and Victorian Funds Management and uh, Spirit Super and those guys um, running the ruler across their portfolios but it's uh, principally around um, that, that funds management and uh, uh, general consulting space um, built to uh, debt funds for bank vendors and that sort of stuff. So that, that's kind of the, uh, the hell of a bit. Awesome. I'm really happy I didn't try and tackle all of that. <laughs> You'd, you're obviously very well, um, very well versed across a lot of areas <laughs> in real estate. <laughs> Well, you know, when when you're in it long enough, and you and you get exposed to all sorts of different things, and you know, as as a consultant, um, you know, you you you've, the primary answer is yes, and then you've got to figure out how. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Can you do this? Yes. Right. Yeah. How can you do it? So, you know, you you learn on the fly, and and I've been exposed to all sorts of really cool stuff as well, some um, ASX listed M and A stuff, and and um, across uh, residential, retirement, aged care. Um, retail industrial office um the whole bit it's it's really interesting fantastic and i'm i'm sh i'm sure we could dive into a whole lot of work with sophisticated investors and and commercial properties and and a really detailed analysis of what's happening across all of australia but what i would love to focus most on today is the residential property market in brisbane for yep. homeowners and investors. So I guess, uh, can you just sort of run us through what's been happening over the last couple of years, how that looks in comparison to maybe the last 30 years in, yeah. in the market and also um, what you're seeing um, with the impact of everything that's happening at the moment and, and maybe some of your expectations moving forward would be fantastic. Yeah, okay. All right. So... Uh... You know, uh, it, it's the uh, the headline acts. Um, uh, you know, you had to have been living under a rock to, to um, not notice and and been aware of uh, the sort of stuff that's been going down, right? But um, in essence, um, Brisbane's in a pretty good spot. Um, and perhaps we'll tackle the, the Olympics a bit later on, but um, uh, generally, 
you know, um, Brisbane has been a bit of a sleepy hollow, I suppose, um, by comparison to the likes of um, Sydney and Melbourne. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, um, the rates of growth that we saw in, in Sydney and Melbourne, I mean, we didn't really uh, see here um, when um, things started heating up just after uh, the, the, uh, the virus, coronavirus started. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what we saw was was pretty much the opposite of of what um, the the, uh, the larger banks were expecting to happen. Right, we were it was all doom and gloom, and and uh, and what actually transpired was and a, a paucity of listings. Um, we had Tima, Tina and FOMO that uh, there is no alternative and the fear of missing out, uh, which actually drove prices up to extraordinary and unsustainable um, rates of growth. Uh, in mm-hmm. those two cities, and and Brisbane was a little bit slow to catch on, uh, but then it did, and now it's um it's also a laggard at the other end, coming down much more slowly. So uh, mm-hmm. Brisbane um is just flattening out now. It's um, you know the, the growth is stabilised. It'll uh, most likely go negative, um, like we're seeing uh, in Melbourne and Sydney, um, and you know that that's um, largely a consequence of uh. The uh, you know um, the, the rates of inflation and and there's a, a, a direct linear uh, correlation to um, the increases in interest rates, uh, mm-hmm. even though uh, it's only about a third of um, the the well the stock of properties that are owned with a mortgage. Um, that's enough to uh, affect the market and and create quite a a sense of unease in the uh, in the buying public. Um, you know when. You know, it's, it's difficult to commit to a mortgage when you're not certain how much extra you're going to be paying. You know, a lot of uh, people who, who even who have bought a, a house with a mortgage in the last 10 years don't know what an interest rate increase is because we haven't had any uh, until now. And suddenly, you know, they're going up in leaps and bounds and suddenly people are having to find hundreds or you know, thousand dollars a month extra, um, you know, to, to just to fund the mortgage you know, for no particular benefit. Uh, or beneficial outcome. So, um, you know, with the uh, the increase in interest rates that are you know, designed to combat inflation, uh, which is you know the other side of that double whammy coin, um, where um, not only are people having to fund um, increased mortgage expenses, but also having to pay more for electricity petrol, food, blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, it, it's no surprise that um, you know, consumer sentiment is down. I think the latest numbers I saw was down to around 80, um, um, which is uh, around about the same as we saw uh, at, um, at GFC time and, and uh, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's all a bit of a vicious cycle uh, and, you know, self Fulfilling and self-feeding, uh, and is is driving down uh, the the uh, uh, the demand for residential real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, I don't think you, know, um, you see the odd um, uh, uh, article and and uh, a comment around words like crash, etc. I think um, the market is too stable in this country for us to see. A crash, as such, um, certainly a correction. That's an entirely different thing. Uh, 
and so you know and and that'll likely just unfold as this as a sort of a a, 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 a over the next six 12 18 months uh, as um, interest rates uh, increase and then and then peak um, and you know uh, as unemployment uh, is still low although uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of the measure of unemployment uh, but uh, that aside, you know, it's still we still have um, you know, a lot of people doing a lot of work, earning, uh, still earning money, uh, and still generally able to afford things. And of course, there will be some at the edges who who fall over and, and can't cope, um, and that's inevitable and and tragic. Um, but uh, you know, uh, overall, um, you know, the we're, I don't think we're going to see uh, mass hysteria, um, masses of mortgage and possession sales. Mm-hmm. Um, it's certainly not enough, I don't think, to uh, to materially affect uh, the market, um, in at least in the residential space. Mm. And I guess just looking at interest rate rises that are happening, inflation that we're seeing, well, how can you sort of walk us through the growth that we saw over the last couple of years since COVID and how that actually looks compared to big growth spurts that we'd previously seen maybe over the last 30 years or so? Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. And uh, so uh, there, is, there is something in, in the sentiment and, and those two um, cliched acronyms, but they, they did have, a lot to answer for the, the fear of missing out, and uh, there is no alternative. Um, and, and you know, um, the, the the principal problem is that you know when we see significant um, house price growth, and um, you know, the, there is real really no practical way for um, those who are saving for a deposit to to keep up, because you know mm-hmm. um, there are absolutes, and then there are, uh, are relatives, right? So uh, relative numbers. So, if you're talking about um, you know, saving a, a proportion of your income, and you know that might be you know, X dollars, uh, whereas you know, prices are going up X percent, that's a whole mm. different dollar amount, right? It's yeah. Much bigger dollar amount. So, you know, you, you, relatively, you move it backwards, you move it further away. Well, you're um, probably saving. So that... Sorry, you're probably saving. Let's say you're saving twenty percent of your income. Houses in mm. Brisbane went up by more than that in a year, and you—that's twenty percent of let's say a hundred grand versus twenty percent exactly. of eight hundred grand, let's say. Yeah, so. exactly. Two totally different numbers, and mm. you know, twenty percent of of hundred grand after tax, right? So it's yeah, um, it, it became extremely problematic, which was you know the um, that that fear factor that really did play a big part in driving. Uh, uh, prices up, and and part of the problem, part of the initial problem was uh, that there was you know a, a paucity of stock, and and it's economics one hundred one, right? Uh, if you've got a lot of demand, not much supply, uh, you have a, a classic recipe for price increase. It's the only relief valve that you've got, and that's exactly what happened. Um, and um, and so now we've got a you know a less demand, a few more um, properties on the market, and that's that that's Kind of why we're seeing the steam come out of the market. Why um, you know, price growth has basically flattened out. Brisbane, I think, most recently in all, and, and the last core logic number I saw was like zero point one percent 
positive uh, mm-hmm. for the three months for Brisbane, but it's still for the year. It, it's still positive. It's like five or eight percent or something growth, like five or eight percent above this time last year, whereas um, Sydney is like minus six or something. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, and we, you know, the, the correction territory, you know, minus ten, minus fifteen. But you know, at the end of the day, when you saw it go up by twenty, twenty-five percent. Um, for it to come back down ten or fifteen, um, you know, it is is still um, you know plus ten percent of where we were two three years ago. And yeah, exactly, it, it's still a lot more difficult to get into the market for those uh, who aren't in it than it ever has been. Mm-hmm. One thing that I'm interested in, uh, I've actually seen it because I'd I'd worked in Toronto real estate. I had a look at the numbers over the last decade, and of course we've seen that house prices have gone up significantly and, and unit prices have started to go up reasonably quickly as well. Um, but what I actually saw looking back over the Toronto numbers was that units have really started to grow almost as quickly as houses purely because it, houses are so expensive now and really there's not much of an option. What have you seen in terms mm-hmm. of that trend in Sydney, Melbourne, and I guess at what point could we expect to see that in Brisbane? Yeah, and that that's a really difficult one because um, uh, you know that that is that fear factor. It's like, well, you know, if we need if we want to buy real estate, that's our only choice now, kind of thing, right? Yeah. And yeah, and um, so you're right. And you know, places we you know that we're we're hardly the pioneers of this in this in this sector of the market. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Um, you know, just take a look at Hong Kong and New York, etc. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, but it's it's absolute fact. But they're they're to- in my view anyway, they're two totally different beasts. Yeah. Um, and um, particularly um, here in Brisbane compared to Melbourne and Sydney, um, the, the issue is uh, kind of like Perth's office market. It's not especially mature. And mm-hmm. so when you get a, a, a big lump of apartment that's coming on the market at any one time, it shifts the needle a lot more than it does in a deeper market like Sydney or Melbourne. You know, if mm-hmm. you get like 250 apartments come on, um, you know, it doesn't really shift the needle that much. Uh, whereas if you get 250 come on here as a much smaller market, it makes more of a difference, right? And so it, it affects uh, the, that um, supply balance and, and therefore can affect pricing and so you know there, there you can I'm, I'm sure you could point to any number of um, anecdotal um, transactions and I know um, of a few myself um, where you know the, the asking prices um, in the last you know year or so uh, for a, 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 an apartment in Brisbane is little different the asking price you know five six seven eight nine ten years ago mm-hmm. um, and uh, and you know, that um, absence of capital growth is simply you know, a, a, a factor of you know, one major and one minor factor. The minor factor, I think, is that you know, um, uh, there are a lot of additional costs associated with uh, you know, the um, apartment ownership, um, mm-hmm. you know, body corporate, and that sort of stuff, um, and um, uh, and and also you know, that that supply demand thing um, that has really stifled uh, apartment uh, capital growth in Brisbane um, but you know as you pointed out it's it's kind of now um, it has been coming back 
And mm-hmm. I think it's that Tina thing. There, there is an alternative um, because there were so few houses on the market available to buy that um, you know, uh, attention kind of turned to, um, you know, mopping up um, some of that supply in the apartment space. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it's kind of done the job, really. It's, it's, um, it's been a bit of a win for um, everybody involved uh, and, and kind of supported that part of the market um, much more than it would have done otherwise and you know this whole coronavirus thing is, is, um, has been such a wrinkle and it's, it's been you know, a, 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 a major um, source of you know, a, a misaligned um, uh, uh, um Outcomes, you know, it, it, you know, for example, in, in valuation theory, um, never once in any book ever did I read about um, uh, you know, adjusting for what happens when you take away the people from property, you know, in in office and retail in particular, because mm-hmm. it just wasn't a, a concept that you ever thought about until yeah. it actually happens. Um, and and so you know, it, it's really thrown a big spanner in the work. And I guess what like we've covered off on units, and obviously the other the other option that you have if if you can't buy sort of inner city houses because the price keeps going up, how how have you seen the growth um, on sort of the outskirts of Brisbane? And I think particularly people have been looking at like Logan and Ipswich and those sorts of markets that have have seen really good growth over the last couple of years. Absolutely. Look, you know, I uh, took a trip out to Yarrabilba, um, the Lendlease, the big Lendlease master plan, not more than, I don't know, two months ago, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, to kind of retrace my steps from a similar uh, um, journey that I took about three years ago and mm-hmm. uh, and visited the sales office there and asked the same sort of questions. And about three years ago, you, know, you could um, basically pick whatever lot you wanted uh, and you know almost negotiate terms within reason right the you know Lendley's, um runs a you know, pretty tight ship when it comes to their covenant but you know mm-hmm. th- there were plenty to choose from in in you know various staged releases then and then wouldn't have been more than I don't know, two three months ago I went out uh, asked the same questions and uh, you go into a ballot um, and you're lucky if you get a piece of land now out right. there, and and that that's you know that's a remarkable difference um, you know, for a a, a a master planned community being delivered over thirty years that will house mm-hmm. like fifty thousand people and have like twenty thousand lots or something um, to have to go into a ballot that's that's something um, and uh, going further afield a little bit um, the, uh, the 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 whole tree change thing. Um, was massive as well, um, you know, with you know, the whole um, commute, work from home thing where people thought, okay, well, um, I don't have to be in the office five days a week anymore. I can move a little bit further away and I can tolerate going into the city you know, two days a week mm-hmm. and spending an extra half an hour each way um, kind of thing. Right? Um, and that became real. And, you know, the, the regions did really well out of it. Um, but I think what we're just starting to see now is, is that um, trend just reverse a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of the reason for that, uh, it would, in and and this is my understanding of it so far, um, that uh, you know part of uh, that kind of migration change, if you like, um, from city focus to, um, to to kind of regional focus, um, and uh, probably more so in Victoria and um, maybe New South Wales and to a point Queensland uh, was you know the, the um, kind of the the Gen Zs um, and um, millennials etc they they were kind of the ones who were um, making that shift a lot um, might be a bit of a generalization but um, mm-hmm. what I think has transpired is that there's a realization that yes that's that's great and yeah we we you know, we can get obviously you can get a lot more bang for your buck. Um, you know, if you're moving out to Melton in Victoria or you know um, further out or whatever. Um, but um, when you're out there, it, it, you realise that it's you know the, the nights are kind of cold and a bit lonely, and and um, when you're not in the office and you're not learning from your older colleagues and you're not getting involved in the action so much. Um, there might just be just a little bit of kind of um, um, regrets, a strong word, but but recalibration maybe uh, mm-hmm. about the thinking around that. Um, and so I, I just wonder if um, the, the strength of that um, movement and demand um, might just kind of um, unravel a little bit and mm-hmm. and refocus start start to refocus a little bit. Uh, towards the cities. Have we seen that? I don't know, just thinking about the last time we caught up, we were sort of talking about um, the value of cities and people that are all in a similar industry being able to have access to one another. Are we seeing maybe in a big city like New York that, that people are, who moved away are coming back yet? Like yeah, people, who've, people think, who thought that that would be the right idea, they're, they're changing their minds. Yeah, I, I think that's the case, and and it's not you know it's not necessarily across the board, but I think there is a, 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 a an undertone of um, yeah, um, how how am I going to get ahead in my industry? How am I going to learn? How am I going to get, get the breaks mm-hmm. um, uh, in the industry that I'm looking for? Whether you're a lawyer or a, financial advisor or whatever mm-hmm. um if i'm not here if i'm not in the middle of it if i'm not thick of it and you know yeah. I, I, my face is only seen once or twice a week um how am i going to do that i'm not special anymore um i, I kind of need to be in the thick of it um you know to to get in the action and and you know um get the big jobs etc so yeah i think um that that will be a driver for um, some of that you know, relocation and, and focus out in the regions to kind of come back to the urban area. Mm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how it will play out. And yeah, I guess absolutely. And that and it's while you while you no one can catch up during COVID, it doesn't really matter that you're going to be elsewhere because no one can catch up anyway. But suddenly, when everyone, yeah, like all those those work meetings that aren't really a work meeting during work hours, but when a lot of the connection happens outside of the hours, you're not yeah. available for that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. 
you know, and and you know th there are those um, social events where you go and grab beer out of your own fridge and sit in front of your computer, and everybody else does the same thing, and it's sort of like um, that that closing scene out of the Muppets, right? When you've got like twenty or fifty people uh, each in their own little box, but it, it's it's not that same convivial atmosphere. And and the, uh, I'm no psychologist, but um, you know when you've got um, twenty faces staring at you, um, basically you've got one conversation going. Exactly. Uh, among 20 people. But, you yeah. know, if you're in a room uh, with 20 people having a beer, then you're going to have like six different conversations with three people in each one. Yeah. And kind of just moving around. And that just, you know, it's a, it's a totally different dynamic. And I think the, the, the one thing that happens out of being at events like that, it's quite often the conversations that you didn't expect that stand out to you at the end of the night. Or at the yeah. end of the day, like yeah, you absolutely. was with the person that you yeah, might not yeah. have otherwise have thought to think to speak with, that suddenly you're like, oh wow, I didn't believe yeah. that you did that, or something along those lines. Yeah, absolutely. And it's those little discoveries, and you know, it's that classic water cooler thing, right? Um, mm. And and it's a cliche for a reason. Yeah, and I guess, um, what are your thoughts on? Obviously, there's. If you're working for a big company, you may have some options moving between a Sydney and a Melbourne and a Brisbane. And it's it's clear that Sydney and Melbourne are ahead of Brisbane at this stage. But with events like the Olympics, like is it is it likely in your mind that we could somehow catch up? Or, or what are your thoughts? Yeah, the Olympics is a, it's a funny one. And I've read some research around this. Mm -hmm. um, that uh, uh, those areas that benefit specifically long term, you know, forget about the, the you know the, the few weeks either side of the Olympics where they you know go gangbusters and you charge five times market for the stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But longer term, um, it's really only those properties that are specifically um, benefiting from the the um, additional infrastructure. Mm -hmm. that um, benefit long-term. So in, in Brisbane here, um, you know, we've got a massive new station at, um, at, at, at next to the Wool and Gabba, or the yeah. Gabba um, uh, sports stadium, right, where, and that, that's the centrepiece of the Olympics, where the, mm. the running track and all the rest of it will be, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we've got that massive crossrail. Um, uh, that's the London one. What do we call it here? Cross River um, Run. Cross River Run, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, you know, uh, and and so that that will benefit the the, the Woolloongabba precinct a lot, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. we're going to see a lot more residential, high-rise residential, popping up out of those uh, car yards that sit along um, Ipswich Road, mm -hmm. um, kind of thing, right? Um, and uh, and you know, a lot more retail, a lot more um, uh, cool stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, um, but how is it going to affect? Um, Drapilly or or Springfield or or it, it to be honest it well in my view it isn't really mm -hmm. um, and you know the the major advantage one of the major advantages there are two I think uh, that Brisbane has had um, in the last few years is one that it's relative relative affordability compared to uh, Sydney and Melbourne yeah uh, and two um, you know, that that inevitable uh, lifestyle comparison. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and uh, and um, 
uh, I, I can vouch for that. I've been lucky enough to live in all three, and uh, you know that th there is a material difference between them all. And you know, uh, in my view, it's it's a real thing, right? That lifestyle difference between um, Sydney, Melbourne, and even those are, are a bit different, but certainly Brisbane is is much more different. And so um, the point is that um, you know if if we start to catch up to um, to Sydney and Melbourne, then it kind of dilutes the the the, uh, the beneficial difference that we have mm. in the first place, and yeah, it's kind yeah. of uh, counterproductive, self-defeating. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, there isn't much we can do about um, uh, defending against that because it's going to happen one way or another, right? Um, mm. If it does happen, then it's going to happen no matter what we try and do, apart from you know, instituting um, bigger taxes or or you know some other um, better policies that, that discourage uh, inward um, interstate migration. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, um, are we going to catch up in terms of absolute numbers? Probably not, because you know, at the end of the day, Melbourne is going to overtake Sydney as as Australia's biggest city, five million odd people, and you know we're at two, right? So um, it's not going to happen in 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 our lifetime, uh, and it will take. I, I, you know, will it ever happen? Oh, who knows? But um, not in the foreseeable future, and that'll mean I think um, structurally and systemically, um, Brisbane uh, won't catch up to the sorts of numbers that um, Sydney and, and Melbourne have in terms mm -hmm. of um, in relative value and prices, um, mm -hmm. and and that kind of uh, reinforces the the relative. Um, uh, uh, value difference and, and value proposition that we have here, right? So you can get 500 square meters and a nice house and a nice suburb for a million, and in Sydney or Melbourne, the equivalent thing you're paying at least 50 percent more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in your mind, that that sort of well, obviously, warmer client that's not going to change, but also people not necessarily needing to make as much money in order to be able to afford the lifestyle means that it can be a little exactly. bit slower than Sydney or Melbourne. So if it suddenly it became yeah. particularly expensive, then you miss out on that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. And uh, I guess the, the, the counter um, argument to that is that um, notwithstanding all of those benefits that Brisbane has, um, the risk that Brisbane has um, is the floods and, and yeah. natural disasters of the yeah. like, right? Um, and that will nat naturally um, put some off uh, coming up here. And, and you know, um, I had a bit of a look at the frequency of um, flooding events, major flooding events in Brisbane, going mm -hmm. back to like 1840-ish was the first one. And the frequency is increasing, right? Um, oh. And... Uh, you know that, that that old one in a hundred year flood thing is, in my view, uh, and I'm not um, uh, any kind of um, geo engineer or anything. Um, mm -hmm. I just have a lay view, but um, uh, it's you know it will um, happen more frequently now. In fact, um, just sort of taking a a logarithmic approach to it uh, suggested to me that after the floods that we had here in Brisbane. In March, mm -hmm. um, the next event similar to that is due in uh, 2025. Yeah, right. Just taking just taking the pat, right? 
Yeah. Um, obviously, nature is going to decide that, but you know, just taking the the, the, the increasing frequency in the in the pad, and you know, I, I, at the same time, I had a little bit of a look at um, uh, the Australia's biggest insurance event and adjusted them for um, inflation, right? Because the uh, the Sydney hailstorms in '99 or '98 or something still the mm-hmm. biggest one, mm-hmm. but um, adjusted for inflation. Three Brisbane floods are in the top six, I think, um, insurance events in Australian history. Mm. And in fact, the, the the flood that happened a few months ago um, caused more inflation-adjusted damage than the much bigger flood that happened in 2011. Just because you know um, property is worth more now than yes. it was 11 years ago. Yeah. Okay. And so that's just going to keep happening. And, and, you know, getting insurance now is starting to become problematic uh, in Brisbane. Mm. In Mainly in flood-affected areas or in general? Um, yeah, main, mainly. Um, but um, because of all of these floods and fires and all the rest of it, uh, we've seen a lot of insurers pull out of Australia altogether, right, um, and so, uh, and this goes to professional indemnity insurance as well, but general insurance. Right? Uh, we've got a lot fewer insurers in the marketplace now, uh, which means the premiums are going up, and that that affects absolutely everybody, not just those in the uh, in the in the flood affected areas. Mm. And you know, to the point where you know, people will start to self insure, and if if the if the worst happens, um, you know, there could be cataclysmic loss. Interesting. And I guess um, moving away from Brisbane, people who are potentially moving up from Sydney and Melbourne, are you are you seeing before we jump into it? Are you seeing that as um, quite a real thing? Like you're seeing as far as the yeah. data you're looking at, there's quite a lot of it happening. Yeah, and it's and it's increasing. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, thousands. And thousands. And I guess the next thing we saw the Gold Coast really take off over the last couple of years. Yeah. How does that Absolutely. compare to Brisbane? And I guess do, do you see the Gold Coast catching up to Brisbane? Um, you know what? That's possible um, mm-hmm. because you know, just like Brisbane is smaller than Melbourne, Gold Coast is smaller than Brisbane, right? It's about mm-hmm. a quarter of the size, give or take. Um, and you know, the, the housing stock is is um, kind of you know um, it's there there is very little in the way of vacancy uh, in in the Gold Coast area and mm-hmm. um, and and that just um, like I said before that that's you know the, the only relief mechanism is uh, increasing prices whether you're talking rent or price yes uh, and and so you know it really. Uh, is not beyond the realms of possibility that the Gold Coast uh, can catch up to Brisbane. And, you know, we're talking about the same kind of drivers, right? Even between the Gold Coast and Brisbane, right? Brisbane mm. doesn't have a beach, for example, mm. right? And, mm. and uh, the Gold Coast does. Mm. Um, and, and same goes for the Sunshine Coast. It's just that little bit further away. But, you know, it, it's, it's possible to commute, you know, a couple of times a week, Gold Coast, Brisbane, um, and it's a different lifestyle, and it's uh, as say as Brisbane is to Melbourne, the Gold Coast is to Brisbane, um, in, in terms of lifestyle. And so, you know, yeah. all of those factors, and and a lot of the people 
that I'm aware of. I spoke, I spoke to two of them at one uh, conference that I was at just a few days ago. Um, two of them had moved up from Sydney to the Gold Coast. Mm. Uh, and, um, you know, I think that representative of a bit of a trend. I mean, you know, why move to Brisbane when you can have an even better, well, better yeah, sort yeah. of a, a quantitative, a qualitative assessment, but you know, lifestyle on the Gold Coast, travel up to Brisbane a couple of times a week to kind of the satellite office there, work from home, go surfing in the morning, um, and all that sort of stuff that you can't really do in Brisbane. Yeah, uh, it, it, it is. It, it's a real, um, a real threat to Brisbane. You know, the, in in terms of inward migration from Sydney and Melbourne in particular. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess so. I know that you've got another meeting um, coming up shortly. I just want to give you some time. But apart from what we've covered already, is there any other trends that you're seeing in relation to that sort of southeast Queensland uh, market? Uh, well, yeah, certainly plenty um, in the uh, in the financial services space. But I guess one of the things actually. Um, talking residential property is uh, the, a bit of an elephant in the, in the room that we haven't touched on yet, and that's property development. Yeah. And you know, um, uh, so I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of um, trying to help a few developers with um, uh, a few things, including debt, and it is becoming extraordinarily difficult now. Uh, and you know, we, it, it's not news that we've, we're seeing um, profitable builders, in particular, all over left, right, and centre, just mm -hmm. because of um, uh, the labour shortages and uh, the price increases and and the impact of previously set uh, fixed price contracts because they were the norm, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Everybody did fixed price, and and it was fine when you know timber was going up one, two, three, five percent or whatever per annum, build that in. But suddenly when you're getting timber going up 20, 30%, concrete not being available, being you know, 35% plus, we're seeing build costs um, and, and one that I'm involved with at the moment um, where the uh, you know, a, a feasibility was prepared and it was professional feasibility um, and uh, that, I, that I saw and the first price came in 35% over the top. And and that, that just destroys the feasibility. And so, you know, that group already has bought the land with the expectation of building on it. Mm -hmm. uh, and suddenly, um, the, it's a whole new ball game. And um, the builders are also not committing to fixed price contracts. And, and you know, it's irresistible force, immovable object. Because they're saying no to fixed price contracts. And the banks are saying, well, we're not giving you money unless you have a fixed price contract. Um and you know the poor old developer is stuck in the middle, um, and and even to the point now where um, with the increases in interest rates, where um, the the debt equity proposition is changing to the point where um, suddenly um, equity may actually be a cheaper option than debt, which is wow. just uh, preposterous. A few years ago, and and you know completely contrary to um, you know to economic fundamentals uh, and and this whole thing just like valuation uh, theory has been rewritten uh, by COVID um, this is kind of rewriting um, property development um, and uh, you know it, it's changed massively in the last you know six months really uh, and so 
the upshot is that um, you know um, bringing residential stock to the market is starting to become problematic now mm-hmm. uh, and uh, for all sorts of reasons costs and and also the availability of debt finance um, and uh, and that's going to sort of throw a bit of a spanner into the, the supply chain mm-hmm. where you know um, a lot of the new demand coming from those Sydney Melbourne markets and natural growth as well, um, and and also sadly enough, of course, always the uh, you know the the, uh, um, the divorce rates and that sort of stuff, where one household becomes two, and that's you know, another source of demand, um, can't be accommodated by the supply of new dwelling apartments mm-hmm. or or houses mm-hmm. as easily because they're just too expensive to to build and deliver, uh, and and you know the uh, the, 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 the builders and all the developers can't get access to the capital they need to deliver them. Um, and so this is kind of an unfolding issue right now and, and um, is likely to become a, a real, you know, um, sort of uh, um, uh, uh, choke on the supply chain, you know, in the next sort of three, six, nine, 12 months um, mm-hmm. that will have, you know, consequences in, in prices again that will go back to... Uh, Supporting and underwriting um, prices um, to the extent that it's um, that it that it becomes a problem, um, yeah. and you know that that sort of you know, proposition that there just isn't going to be a crash; it'll just be a you know a natural un- unwinding of some of the growth that we've had. Well, I guess we've I guess we've seen um, the price of used cars go up. Because you couldn't get your yeah. hands on new cars, yeah. Cool. Um, so I guess yeah. you there's a we've spoken about the possibility that um, things become difficult in the residential market. But would you expect, given that you can't bring new stock on, that potentially existing stock gets a boost? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's a natural consequence, I think. Fantastic. And I guess before we wrap up. Um, you're speaking to property developers. I expect property developers are open to looking at all markets. Um, where are they currently developing or, or at least wanting to develop across Australia? Uh, well, uh, the, 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 the brutal answer is anywhere they can find a piece of land that, that uh, um, makes feasibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, that that's primarily... Um, you know, both driven by opportunistic acquisitions, so you know, um, wherever they get a hold of piece of land, but also uh, it needs to be supported by things like uh, population growth mm-hmm. um, and access access to um, you know, infrastructure, schools, shops, all that sort of stuff. So that that's you know, um, you know, everybody uh, understands that, and there's there's no magic um, in that. Um, it is what it is, and 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 so I guess are we are we seeing somewhat of a trend that they're they're considering southeast Queensland more so than they would previously or how does that look um, yeah um, this is a national problem this this uh, you know the pricing thing so yep. um, it's it's uh, it is everywhere. Um, yep. And you know the, the banks are much; uh, they're, they're discriminating much more, uh, mm-hmm. and um, and to the point where they have areas that um, you know uh, sort of like uh, 
green, gray, and black, right? Um, good, um, okay, and and no thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know they will want to just like a, a developer's feasibility will want to see uh, the metrics pointing to a um, you know, a, a, a um, the, the right outcomes so that they are confident that they get the pre-sales and, and also um, get enough sales that they can um, complete and, and pay out what will be a, a capitalized debt facility mostly. Um, and so they'll need, you know, um, X percent um, of those pre-sales before they'll um, fund it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, you know, that system is no different now to what it ever has been. It's just a lot of pr- a lot more pressure on it now. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's kind of the, the, in that negative feedback loop, um, with, you know, um, investors kind of a bit hesitant, um, and not sure if they can get their bank finance. And even those who, um, who have committed to put, put deposit down, um, you know, I think we'll see a few that have to walk away from their deposit because, you know, maybe the uh, valuation has come down and, and that'll breach LVR covenants and and that'll cause some distress um, to everybody. Uh, you know, and, you know, that unit goes back into the pool for the developer to sell again. Right, they get their 5 10% deposit to keep, but um, they're selling it back into a more difficult market. It's, uh, it is a negative feedback loop. Um, but that, that's not going to last forever. Uh, yeah. and, uh, it, it's just a difficult time right now. And um, you know, um, there have been a few trigger events, COVID, Ukraine, um, and uh, and those sorts of things that uh, will sort of wind their way out of the system. So uh, inflation, uh, it's, an, it's a relative, not an absolute thing. So you know, mm-hmm. in a year's time, you know, we've seen petrol go up, which I don't know, 50% or whatever. And you know, by the time that falls out of um, that annual CPI calculation, mm-hmm. you know, CPI will be back down to two, three percent manageable, mm-hmm. and then you know um, there won't be any need for the, for the RBA to be cranking up its interest rates, and it'll sort of calm down a bit. Yeah, uh, interest rates will stabilise, and and you know um, the, the sentiment will return, and it will kind of be back to. Um, Happy families, but um, uh, I think prices will um, stabilize at um, a higher rate than they um, than they were going into COVID, and you know the natural three, four, five percent per annum growth that we were seeing, the you know, three, say four years, we might have seen plus twenty percent over those four years normally, um, mm-hmm. and they probably stabilize, you know, plus thirty or thirty-five or something. Um, they'll stabilize higher than they would have been. Had you just drawn a straight trend line across mm-hmm. those four years, but um, um, notwithstanding um, that there's going to be a dip in the middle um, for everybody, including Brisbane. All right. Well, I appreciate you've got a, a, a meeting to go to now. So thanks so much for your time and, and your uh, very detailed analysis. So I really appreciate it. And I look forward to speaking to you soon. I couldn't. I look forward to it too. Couldn't be more of a pleasure. Um, and thanks, Chris. Thank you.